Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job, Painter Marketing Pros, and APC. Welcome to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and the host here of the podcast. So we're at PCA Expo and we're doing something a little bit fun today. Uh, we've got a sweet a sweet setup here for the the podcast in a, uh, a room here at PCA Expo. And so we wanted to take the opportunity. We've got a good friend of mine, Lauren Fink, here with Apex Painting out of Hillsdale, Michigan. Uh, a lot of you guys probably know Lauren. You've met her at Expo. You've seen her in the Painthead Group. Uh, she's been a huge advocate for the industry industry and a great person that we've enjoyed working with and getting to know um, on a personal level. And, and so we met at PCA last year, actually, and we've been re- reminiscing about a lot of times. And uh, the first time she sat at our brain meld table, and we've had some fun, fun things about that we've reminisced on. And, uh, and so I really wanted to kind of take some time and highlight Lauren, and, and she's got a really cool entrepreneurial story. Uh, I, whenever I met her last year, I knew she was going to go on and do great things in the industry, and she's definitely proved us right in that. And so I wanted to kind of share a little bit about her story and just some of the challenges and things that she's learned uh, on this first you know, couple of years of be- being a business owner uh, and, and the good and the bad and the ugly of that. And so thankfully, she's playing along and, and here with us today. Uh, and so we want to highlight a lot about that and what she's taken away and obviously what PCA Expo and being a PCA member has done for her and her business. And so I hope this helps you guys. I hope it gives you some insight into your business. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. This is such an honor. Yes, I know. We've been talking about it for a couple months now, and I'm glad we were able to do it. When I heard they were setting a studio up here at Expo, I knew it was the perfect time. So we didn't have to do it over Zoom or anything else. So. And it's like perfect reunion. Yes. Literally, it's been a year since we met yeah, each other. I like walked up to you. Actually, I went to your session. You did? At yep. Expo. Yep. And then I saw you at the trade show. Yes. And I just like made a beeline for you. I remember it. Like, I'm going to meet this guy. Yes. Because your session was one of the first times that I really like got a chance to kind of think about what I didn't know about the numbers yeah. of my business. And um, yeah, walked up to you. was like, yep. how do we partner in this? Like, I need someone like you. Yep. You were like... Here's the, here's the deal. Yep. And I think two months later, yeah. we started our partnership yeah. and you've been essentially mentoring Apex financially well, I appreciate since that. May. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. Absolutely. So, well, that's good. So tell us just a little bit about you personally, um, how, you know, we'll get into how you get into the industry and stuff, but give us the background about Lauren as a person. Just as a person? Just as a person, right? <laughs> as a human being. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, you can keep it short, whatever. I know. Uh, sum it up. Um, I was born in Texas and I grew up in Phoenix. Okay. And um, about me, I've you always s- been, huh? I was going to say, how many kids do you have? I have, I have five kids. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't know how you but do But you've jumped, you're jumping ahead. Okay. okay, okay sorry, I'll get there. Sorry, no, you're ahead. right. Uh, <laughs> um, I've always been a really driven and ambitious person. I've always woken up every morning like what what, the day is mine like it's here like don't forget don't lose it don't don't miss a chance um I wasn't always like a good teenager or young person because I just I wanted to grow up and do awesome things yeah um so uh I did get married I would say like for some people a little bit early got married at 23 
we had our first um, kid at 24, and then basically two years. After in, that. Two years, two years, two years, two years. Wow. So we have five kids there, um, five, seven, nine, 11, and 13. Oh, my gosh. So we are in the thick of, I mean, our house Chaos. Is, our house is so loud. I can't. <laughs> I can't. That's like, why you guys have an office space to have all your Zoom calls. Oh, my gosh. It's like, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing that we, like, we, and we're all talkers, so we're all talking over each other. My husband is a little more introverted than me, but as intense. So we, and then we somehow produce a bunch of intense children. Yep. So it's very, like... It's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I um, met met Andrew in college and ended up staying in Michigan. Like kind of, we went Marine Corps a little bit okay. back here. Um, my background is journalism. I was a newspaper reporter out of college oh, awesome. um, in Washington D.C. in Texas, and then back here in Michigan. And then um, I had like a writing career, if you will, while I was home with kids. Okay. So I did ghostwriting, speechwriting, editing. I pinch hit it at the Detroit News a little bit um, for their editorial page, like lots of yeah. journalism type stuff, but very little bits and pieces. And yeah, I did right. a lot of like, um, I just kind of consult, not consulted, but I, I worked um, for people just here and there, like project based. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So fast forward then, you started Apex Painting when? May of 2021. Okay. I thought it had been about two years, just yeah, under two years. We're 21 even. months old. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, so like how, why did you get into painting? Like what, so you got journalism background and you <laughs> stayed at home with the kids and, and yeah. did that for a long time. Yeah. I know they're getting into school age now. Like, did you just wake up one morning and say, you know what, I'm going to go be a painter today. Like, how did that come? <laughs> like, how did that come about? No, it was not, it was not quite that abrupt. I, I talked small business business ideas for years. Okay. So, um, essentially, every everywhere we lived, I would kind of and my my dad Gary Grover is a big part of this story. Yeah. I mean, as any great father really is, honestly. Um, so he was my just mentor and great businessman, CEO of a hospital CEO, but also an entrepreneur in the healthcare world okay. in healthcare administration. Sounds really dry, but he made it very interesting and I loved hearing about his work. So we always talk business. My brother got into finance. He works in Houston in the oil and gas sector. And so business was always just interesting to me, fascinating. I always knew I wanted to start a business if I ever got the chance. Okay. Um, and then I had a few people along the way confirm that I was like, I had kind of the right makeup for it. Yeah. Um, so... Um, I kept tinkering, kind of talking ideas. Andrew would be like, you know, you're going to do anything about that one. I ran a few small businesses when I was actually a teenager and okay. in college. Um, one was window washing. Um, one was baking cakes that I sold <laughs> through a magazine I was interning for. That's awesome. Um, like, you yeah. know, like very small. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> yeah, but, but still like yeah. thinking that way. Right. Um, and then... Hillsdale, we, we moved back to Michigan and kids were getting a little older. We had, had a little gap after our, our last one, Gustav, who's now five. Yeah. And um, Andrew's job changed a little and he was kind of like, you know, you know, maybe this is maybe this is like a, an opening, a time for this. You could stop contracting and like put your, as he said it, um, I'm, I spread, I spread, I can spread out really fast. <laughs> yep. You're doing like all these different things. Right. You know, that's kind of my personality. He's like, what if you like, what if focused. you focused it? What yeah. if you put it into something? And, um, so 
business planning, I actually made three, three, four, three or four different business plans. Wow. We actually applied to um, buy a historic hotel and re like, like lead like yeah. our, our LLC would refinish it. Yeah, it's actually the hotel that is I was my ask. client. Okay, which okay. totally it's totally separate. Yeah. I didn't. That was like years before. Right, and then I ended up going back and becoming oh, the painting contractor for them. I was gonna ask. Super cool, like super cool story. And of course, I'm so glad that owner has that work. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> and yeah not we've, we've talked me. extensively about that. Um, business ideas. And then I had, um, I, was, I was a little indecisive about really jumping into something. And I had a business um, mentor, my friend Travis in Ohio, who's an incredible businessman for his age. And he, we were talking business one night and he said, Lauren, you have to understand you're, you have an entrepreneur mind. He's like, it actually doesn't really matter what business you start. Right. And like he said it just like that. And that was the first time I felt like the freedom to just like go after something. That's cool. Kept thinking that I probably needed a lot of expertise and yeah. I needed some magic thing. So um, Hill sells 8,000 people. I wanted to find a business that was um, viable. Right. Like I don't want to start like a knitting shop. Yeah. Something that's there, not going to work. Yeah. Like hope people come in in the 8,000 person town. Like, no. So I quickly realized I really had a passion for, I followed my dad's business model that he actually used in healthcare, okay. which was essentially um, attracting doctors to a network. So, so back then that was novel that right. doctors worked in a network and um, he was a pioneer of this in like the eighties. Okay. And um, he, he essentially said to me like, look, think about this, that the doctor works on his own, but he runs his own business and he's bad at business, but he's really smart. So he does it all. And he thinks this is how he's going to make the most money. But I invite him to come work for me in our network. And I ask him, how much do you want to make? Right. What kind of hours do you want to work? And then I design a contract around his desire to be just a physician. Don't do any of the admin. Right. We do the admin better. He makes more money and is happier. So I watched him do this and negotiating with doctors and surgeons is not easy. Right. I can imagine. They are, they are not. <laughs> and he loved it. That was the best part was that he found the challenges, the human challenges of management to be like really exciting. And I got that bug. That's so cool. I've never thought that working with people was, um, was a hardship. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a challenge. It's like right. a good challenge. It's like you want to go after it. And we're both athletes and athletes through college so like we have this shared right. competition like we're we want to do this like we're going to do this better than the next guy that's cool so. that's awesome so okay so you you see the model yeah you understand where it's going yeah you pick painting right because you know it's a viable option that mm -hmm. can make a lot of money in it did you know anything about painting when you started like tell me how the first like few <sighs> months of this went so i had I come from an artistic family. We also did all our own painting, interior and exterior. Okay. So I did feel like of all things, you had some I, competency. I could literally go on site and help. Okay. Whereas like, you know, HVAC or I don't know, it's, right. it just wouldn't be the same. Um, and then I honestly, the, the big, the big turn was that I sat down with the local painter of 35 years to pick his brain because I'm a resource person. Like I want to find the best and I want right. to talk to them. And right. I want to get all their ideas and steal them all, right? Um, and he was like, so his reaction was, is everything. Right. 
And he, he could have been a contractor who's like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Oh. Like, okay, well, why don't you paint for 10 years? And right. then, yeah, you could think about running your business. Yeah. But his reaction was literally like, Lauren, you have to do this. He was retiring. I didn't yeah. actually know that when I sat down with him. But he was trying to retire and kind of couldn't because there was no one to hand, on the wor- hand off for the work. He was getting calls from customers over 30 and 40 years wow. that he felt like he was like letting down. Yeah. Like he there was know, nobody to give it to. And there was. There's a couple one-man yeah. shows. So, he, But he he was just essentially saying there's not enough. And he was the only guy in town that ran like a crew. Like yeah. a, so um, he told me, you have to do this. This is a great idea. He said, you will do a great job with this. And then he said, and I'm going to give you some tools. Awesome. Come on my work site next week, and you're going to paint with me, and I'm going to teach you. That's amazing. And, um, and then he got me my first <laughs> employee. He, like, connected me to her. Yeah. And so before I even had a name, I had jobs from him and I had an employee. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so when I sat down with Heather in May of 2021 and I interviewed her, um, she, you know, I was like, you know, feel it, you know, like, okay, tell me what you want right. in a job. Like, yeah. what do you, and Heather said to me, I, I want to work as a painter all year round. This like a, she made a point be like, right. I want to. I want to be a painter, but I want to work the whole year. Not just in the summertime. Right. And I didn't, like at the time I was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Like, right. what's your problem? Yeah. Like, what? And she's like, well, I have to work at the factories in the winter because every painter I've worked for drops, drops me. Interesting. So I immediately saw that, um, that was like the first moment that I realized that I was going to be able to provide jobs yeah. and with this model, Again, you're, you're putting the person's craft, the craftsman. Right. You're saying, you do the craft. I'm not going to do the craft, and then you kind of help me. But if it gets tight, I'll just like, Let you, you, you yeah. can go, and I'll just do it and take all the money. Right. Um, it was like, no, this is about you. And I'm going to decide that you can't cool. do, um, and then we're going to be a partner. Yeah. You know? And so I love, to this day, I met with my team last week, and I always tell them, I'm Houston. You're the astronauts. Yeah. I can't. I can come up with every great idea, but if you don't go out there and do your expertise, I don't have a business. Like I've never heard that. I made that up. <laughs> I like it. Okay, good. So that's a Lauren Fink original. It's yeah. a Lauren Fink. So, so yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. <clears throat> so you jumped straight into hardcore immersing yourself in education. Like yeah. you, you met with this guy, mentorship, like started going down that path. You Began f- like reading everything. Yes. You find PCA. Yep. You got a scholarship last year, if I remember correctly. I did. You did. That's the only reason I was here last exactly, year. Exactly, right? Yeah. Um, and so why was that such a big priority for you? Like, is that something you knew you had to do to succeed? Or like, what what made you just be like, okay, I'm just immersing myself in educating in everything I can and mm. absorbing as much as I can? Because you were, and you still are very much in growth mode. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when I met you last year, you were just like, give me every nugget of wisdom I can find from everyone. Yep. Uh, I think that it's not too far after you start a business that um, y- you you realize at some level you don't you don't know the, maybe these terms but that to to have this become a freedom machine and not a chain around your neck yeah. um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to understand how how to do good business and you're gonna need people who do good business to right. support you and you're gonna have to hire people who do good business and um, and so when I started, uh, I, I 
just out of the gate, just kind of, here we go. And I learned as much as I could. And I, um, I'm always going to be extremely ambitious, extremely stubborn. And, and stubborn can be bad, and then yeah. stubborn can be good. Right. And, um, and I have naturally, I have a very, I have a fail quick um, personality. Right. I just don't care. Yep. just fall down really hard and I'm just get back up. Right. And I don't know, you know, athletics didn't hurt because you learn, like if you're going to play at the college level, you know, you're going to, you're just going to get knocked down a lot. Right. And you're going to be told you get, you're really you not good skin. at something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's great. Like you gotta, that's has served me really well. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think, like, I, I don't know. I've always wanted to, I just want to be with the best and learn. From, I don't really want to learn it all by myself. Yeah. Um, I also, I love collaboration. That's yes. probably the nugget. Like, that's at the heart of it. Right. It's like, I'd rather do business with you right. than by myself. No, not everyone feels that way. No. Like, they might end up hiring you. Like, I got to do it. Right. But, like, in my mind, like, I'm actually, that's where, where I'd rather be. Yeah. So, um, business for me is never isolating. I actually have trouble if, um, if I don't have a chance to collaborate, like if right. I get, if I get too much alone time, yeah. I'm kind of like, that's not my sweet spot. Yeah. I want to collaborate. So, um, I think that's probably where that okay. comes from. And then as I discovered PCA and I connected with, I, I reached out to Nick Slavic probably about four or five months in. Okay. I went to his master's class at about that's six right. months okay. and then I went to expo at nine months. Which is like the dream. Yeah. That's a dream. Yeah. Is that you start this and you don't go years and years. You you immediately get connected with the best people right. and you, you learn a ton. Um, and so, and then that's all collaboration. So again, I would rather do this as an industry. Yeah. I'd rather do this with a partnership. I'd rather experience the inspiration between like people. That. And then, um, I don't know. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind like of first it. year. So, all right. So this is great. So when I met you last year, we were here at Expo. I say here at Expo. We were on the other side of the country at Expo, but yeah. we were at PCI It felt Expo, like we were here. And I know. It felt like we were here. <laughs> I was in a suite in a, just a totally different part of the country right. doing this last year. So when I met you, I remember talking to you, and you were like, okay, here's my situation, right? We have five kids at home. My husband has a job. Like, mm -hmm. I have this business. I want to make this much money and work this many hours a week, like, is this possible, mm -hmm. right? You said, at what level do I need to do that? And I said, 500,000, and you were like, no way. And I'm like, yes, you can. If you structure it, you systematize it, you can. Yeah. Fast forward, I know where you guys are shooting at for this year, mm -hmm. right? And it's about double that is kind of the goal, the minimum yeah. goal you guys have set. What changed your mind on, okay, I want this like lifestyle business, right? That I can work 25 hours a week, make a decent money, still have time with the family, and keep it simple mm -hmm. to, okay, now we want to go do a million dollars and we want to grow beyond that. Like mm. what changed for you over the last year and that you guys are now in a little bit more bigger vision mode? Interesting. Um, I would say that it probably wasn't a change. Okay. I think it was probably an evolution, but I'm not sure. It's going to be very hard for me to not want to grow. Yeah. So, um, and then maybe the other part is, yes, unlike a lot of business owners, I immediately had reasons to scale so that I could get myself out of operator. Yes. Just get into owner. 
right? Um, and some people don't have, you know, I've always, I always say to people, like, if, look, if I'm a 25-year-old guy, like, I would not have made the decisions I make. Right. Like, I don't, I don't need... I don't need to make these decisions. So I rushed. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to rush into stability at a larger scale so that I could have the option to pull back That's good. as owner. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I, I asked that question a lot. I asked it of you. Yeah. I sat down with Jason Paris in June of 22 um, and basically asked the same thing. Yeah. I actually almost cried in his office yeah. because you have moments where you are like you're it's like starting a fire that's like a business yeah and you can like it's like working it's great but you realize like it's so fragile yeah and so you get these moments where you're like i'm holding this up with everything i've got and, and like we're barely holding on yeah and like and it's very fragile it's very young and can i get to where i can hand some of this off yeah and so Jason um, affirmed, like yeah. a lot of things you, you told me too, we very much in alignment. And he was the first person to t tell me, it's not always a risk to grow fast. It actually can be a risk to grow slowly. Yeah. So that was an awesome, um, that was a big conversation yeah. where I felt like someone with the expertise was able to kind of also encourage me, um, like, yeah, you can push this. Yeah. You can push this. Well, and I think accelerating growth to get where you want to be at is something that a lot of people don't think about, right? And even as I look back at, at my business here in the last five years and where we're growing to, and it's like, I have to kind of remind myself, like, growing slow and steady isn't always going to get you where you want to go. Yeah. But you will three years from now, right? Yeah. And so I think we get in our comfort zone as business owners, as entrepreneurs, right? And maybe at Expo last year when we had that conversation, you felt like if I could just get there, Mm -hmm. then that life's going to be better, right? Because mm -hmm. yep. I know you were still active kind of on job sites and you're yeah. like, if I can at least get there, I can kind of get off job sites yep. and still be, right? And then you kind of realize like, no, actually, if we grow a little bit quicker, then I can get a little bit more out of some of this, right? Yes. Um, and so I think that that's one thing I always say, I think one challenge a lot of business owners face, and I think especially in the painting industry, is we don't think big enough about our businesses, mm -hmm. right? We think like, oh, our business is this cute little like thing we have, yeah. and not what can our business actually provide for us, yeah. right? Um, and I know part of your guys growing was you brought on a, a operations manager. Mm -hmm. what, what's Aaron's official title? I call General him manager. No, actually I call him admin slash business development. Okay, perfect. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I know he's been a huge blessing for you, right? And I, yes. I applaud you for that because you're aware of your, your strengths and your weaknesses, right? Yes. And you knew who you needed and what you needed for that role. Yep. And when we talked about it, when you first were like, hey, I've got this idea. And you're like, can we pull this off? And I'm like, yeah, we can. Here's what the numbers look yeah, like. You did. We have to do X, Y, and Z in order yeah. to afford this, right? You've got a full-time production manager who's still on site producing some. Yep. Um, and you know, now we're bringing Aaron into this mix. But I think it's been a huge blessing for you guys because I think that's the piece that you needed to help make sure the company was running smoothly, yes. right? Because yes. I know you're great at leadership. You're great at coaching. You're great at vision. You're great at marketing and estimating and sales. Yeah. But sometimes the operation side and making sure things flowed and the financial piece of it yes. was not your strong suit. We were moving. So the first half of 22, which yeah. is great, um, like reminder of where I was at Expo just a year ago, which is crazy. It isn't it? I mean, I was on track to do like maybe 200K, maybe 300. Yeah. Um, second half of the year, we did sales and we did work on track to be a million dollar company. Yeah. Um, the year, the split looking at is just 
insane. It is. Um, that is, um, wait, I'm forgetting where I was going with this. Uh, hiring, oh, yes. Moving that much money. Yeah. I, I was, I had a few moments where I was very aware that my admin abilities were like essentially a liability. Yeah. And being really honest with yourself. Um, I mean, business owner, if, if you're not just being made aware of how bad you are at stuff every week, you probably suck at your job. hundred percent. Um, it's so humbling. You just constantly are being like, I, I don't got that. (laughs) I didn't say that right. I didn't do this right. right. I'm not, you know, prioritizing time. It's amazing. Um, so, uh, I felt that we were building something that I was, uh, it could hurt me that I was managing, um, the admin side. And then I was trying to sell at a level that I could not do both. Right. So both when I hired my PM Billy in April of 22, um, it was like a baton handoff where you like, f- you know, the runner like falls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. Just taking yeah. it, like, take it across the finish line. Like that's how I felt about handing off the field yeah. to Billy. And then with his energy and, and expertise and just doggedness, we grew like crazy. And then I did the same thing with Aaron, like yeah. both weeks there's, they're like a mirror where I, same thing. I felt like I was just I, exhausted yep. because I realized I was about to hand off. Yep half of my job and I was barely hanging on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been incredible, but to be clear for those listening, because you might be wondering like, how do these numbers add up? Um, this plan required me to take a huge salary cut. So my salary had to suffer in 22 and probably in 23, um, for me to do this plan. So there's major sacrifices. It didn't just it wasn't just like, oh, it's going to be great. No, no. Yeah. It's not a walk in the park. And this winter has been really challenging. And yeah. I'm so proud of my team and my, especially my leadership team for yes. just hanging in there with me. You guys have nailed it. Because this is a risky, gritty thing. Yep. And um, it's 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 really... And you knew that going into it, right? I mean, the conversation we had, it yes. was like, here's what it's going to take, right? And yes. if things don't go well, here's what we're looking at, right? right. And I think, and again, I applaud you for doing that, right? And I, I wouldn't say that to everybody because you were, lo- you're looking at the long term of your business, right? Yes. And again, I think we make decisions too much in the short term sometimes that yes. sacrifices the long term. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, you're in a position where you can kind of take a little bit of a cut, which is, you know, a blessing, I know. But you're willing to do that knowing that this is what you guys need for the long term. And mm-hmm. you're getting your systems in place. Yeah. Uh, and going back to which pivots perfectly into my next question. So last summer, you guys blew up at a level that I don't think any of us were prepared for, right? Okay. Um, you, and, and it goes to show you guys are doing the right thing. You're taking care of people, referrals like organic. It blew up like crazy. Mm-hmm. And you started utilizing subcontractors in kind of a hybrid model, right? You have your in-house team, yes. you have Billy there. You started utilizing subcontractors because you're like Chris. I am selling at a rate that is like, we can't even fathom trying to produce, right? Like I'd have to hire five more painters and I literally can't do that. And so we started talking about subcontractors and you really kind of reshaped my mindset on this a little bit more so. (laughs) Um, And I I appreciate that about you. And and it's the subcontractor hybrid model, I think can be a great thing, especially for businesses that are in a very seasonal climate, right? And so how did that really impact you guys? And how did you kind of navigate that a little bit? Yeah, it was um, it was a great experiment, and that's I call it that because doing it for the first time, you 
you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of failing and a mm. lot of lessons, but our contract, our subs ended up doing about 80 K of work and we didn't start subs till August yeah. for the year. And that was just like, um, incredible boost. That was a lot of exteriors that we knew we were not going to get yeah. to. Um, and that became the conversation, right? It was like, yeah. are we willing to sacrifice a little bit extra on profit margins just, right. just to get this done? Cause we know we physically can't. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's a great challenge. I mean, we're still really there in the sense that we're about to ramp up. We're yeah. about to get into, I call it like, it feels like dating. Like, yeah. <laughs> get out there and like recruit these stuff. We're going to find really good ones. It takes, um, it takes effort. It takes planning. Um, it was a good, it's very different. I feel like it's like wearing a different hat. Yeah. And I, I think you have to do it you have to plan and do it right or else you feel like you have employees and then you have these people you can't control. Yeah. So that's the worst scenario. That's, Agreed. that's how it feels when you're not doing it well. Um, so you have to stay within the lines. Yeah. Like you're, they're not employees. You're not right. going to tell them everything to do, but you are. Yeah. So how are you going to do that? So, um, and then you have to hold them accountable and it's different. You don't have maybe the same personal relationship. You also don't see them as much. Yeah. I mean, my employees are in my shop every morning at 7 a.m. Right. You know, like I don't have to go searching, like kind of connecting with them. So it's a different, um, it's a different challenge. Yeah. And we're actually still, we're very much still dialing that oh, in. 100%. Um, I think the employee model is for people. I'm a people person. Yep. Uh, Billy is the same way. Like um, we're intensely close to our team. That's important to us. Uh, that makes employee model a sweet spot. It is. There's no way around it. We're just designed for it. Yep. Um, we're comfortable with that. We like to get, we're not afraid to get close. Yeah. That's probably the best way to describe it. I think subcontractor model, although, I mean, and I know the Kuipers run subs that they've worked with for yeah. years and years. They have that relationship. We've never had one that long. Right, right. <laughs> we'll get there. You um, will. I mean, again, you're yeah. 21 months old, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think at first you just, I think it's just, it, yeah, it's a, it, you have to put a lot into it. Yeah. And you, you maybe feel like the, um, like the impetus for like staying together is not as strong as with an right. employee. Um, so you're but that's kinda, okay. That's the relationship, right? It is. And I, I, yeah, I think I was close-minded about subs. Yeah. Um, that changed last summer. Um, well, I also came out, honestly, I came into the industry. I mean, I was at master's class with, with Nick saying yeah. like, who the heck run, runs subs? Like, what kind of jerk are you? Right. Like, honestly. Yeah. I was like, why would you do that to people? Yeah. So it's a... Well, like you said, you got to find the right ones. I like, right. the, I like the dating analogy. It's so true. It's really um, true. Yeah. And, you know, I will say this, and, and we'll kind of move on and wrap up here. You know, where I've seen the sub model work again with the hybrid side of it is a lot of you guys are able to sell so much in the exterior season. Yes. Right. And production becomes the constraint. Yep. And you have to be real with yourself of, do we have the infrastructure and the time to recruit, interview, train, and then handle an mm -hmm. influx of five to seven more painters, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if you can market and sell that much money, like, why not figure out how to produce it, right? Yep. And if you can build the relationships, again, subs are, you know, 100% relationship-based, right? You got to find the right ones that, that have your core values, that are going to do good quality work, that are going to represent your company well. Yes. Right. Um, and so I know there's a lot of challenges. It's not like, ah, oh, just go hire some subs, figure it out. Like it's going to be great. No, cause your reputation's still on the line. Absolutely. Right? And so, but I think that, you know, again, our conversation and, and as you dove into that last year, we've had a couple other clients kind of dive into that at some point in August, September, when they were like, holy crap, we can't get to all of this. And it really made me realize like, wow, this is actually a great opportunity to balloon up in the summertime mm -hmm. with subs mm -hmm. and then 
keep your workforce running through the wintertime busy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe you guys break even throughout the wintertime, but if you can stack up enough cash in the summertime, Mm-hmm. It can be a win. So no, absolutely. What what are one or a couple of the biggest lessons? I kind of want to wrap up here in the next few minutes. What um, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned? So again, twenty one months into the industry, it's amazing to see what you guys have accomplished. Um, it's been really fun to to sit on this side of it with you guys and and work through it and partner together. Um, and I love the relationship we have with you guys. Um, so what's what's some of the biggest things that you've kind of learned in this in this first twenty one months? Yeah, I mean, I I like um, I really love to dwell on the fact that I think a small business is like an entire ecosystem. It's like the whole human situation in one little thing. So one thing, and that that that's just always exciting. There's nothing boring about. It. There's just nothing mundane. Yeah. Um, it's just like living organism. And I think what I find interesting is all of the all the tension points. Kind of, it feels like contradictions. And I always say to my team. Um, because the first six months of work, I was really confused by this. But I would say, I always say, like, speed and quality, mm-hmm. um, they're going to fight. And I want, I want you to let them fight. Yep. So there's, like, trying to figure out, like, well, let's have this much speed. And then, you know, yep. and, and realizing that they're going to fight is kind of a theme. I think it's a theme in the human situation where you have, like, SOPs, like we have to have standards. We have to hold the line. Yes. And then we have to be super human people who look at a situation and know when to break the rules. Yep. Um, so that part of leadership is really exciting. Um, and I think those contradictions are, I think instead of feeling, I think some people feel very discouraged yeah. by the things that um, you, you just, you go to plan this out and and then it's something else. And some people I feel like, that would be, that's a downside. Um, I think the discovery is, is the upside. Um, so one of the big things is delegating and trusting. Um, you, you delegate, you you trust and you trust really hard. What my, my husband, Andrew always says, um, he, he says, you don't trust people until you trust them. Like you, you, know, right. you, you yeah. feel them out. You get to know them right. a little bit. And then when you trust them, you trust them all the way. 100%. You don't hold back. There's no questions. You don't go like, okay, well, I'll just kind of play my cards a little bit. You don't do that. Yeah. Like that's not how you operate with people. You, you, you operate in a way that if, that they can burn you. Because that's trust. That's trust. Right. It's not like, okay, like I'll let you see this. Well, it's, it's like dating, like you said earlier. Yeah. It's you date, yeah. you trust, and then... Exactly. You get burned. Right. You get burned. It hurts. Yeah. So your pain tolerance has to be high. Yep. Because if you're going to trust, if I bring in, I brought in my PM, and Billy will say this sometimes, like, you, you just like, you, you just trusted me. You just gave, you just like laid it out. Yeah. Like you didn't wait to like see how I do and kind of see right. like... He, like, I need this. I need this now from you. I vetted him. I, you know, I did all my spidey senses and I was like, here we go. Right. He could F my company. That's where we are. Right. Like, there's I have no to way take around that chance. it. But then because I did it so forcefully, he could like take it and he yeah. could make it his own. So I like the, I like the intensity of trust. I like it. And um, the worst thing that happens is you fail and you fall down really hard. Yeah. And I, um, I think if you go into it, the expectation that like, there's a good chance this might not work this might hurt. We might take a step backwards. Okay. Yeah. Like that's the worst case scenario. The worst case is not that bad. Also, if you don't give people that chance, which I think there are a lot of people from being wounded, you know, it's not, we're all coping with our 
experiences. Yes. It's not, you know, you're not, per you're not perfect. You don't come in with perfect vision, but if you don't give people a chance, they can't surprise you with their excellence. Yep. And so if you're always like, I know how good you are. Yeah. I know you're lying. And I've had this happen with several people. Billy's one of them. He has surprised me and surprised me and surprised me. But if I hadn't, if I hadn't given him over that responsibility and yeah. really just said, believed and thought, what is he going to do with this? Let's see. Right. Not me dictating. Here right. you go, Billy. I'm yeah. going to show you how to do this. You do it at my pace. You do it my way. Um, you, you don't get, you don't get that chance. And those people don't get to grow and have ownership the same way. So that's a big one. I think if you're not a trusting, if you can't trust people, um, and these are not people you've known long or right. know well, yep. if you can't give them, it's going to be really hard to run a good business. Um, and so that, that's a huge one. I love it. Um, I already talked about learning your weaknesses, um, yeah. making that just like your hobby. Yeah. Like what, are, what am I not really not seeing? How do I not see myself? Where, where am I really? And then just like, just really diving into that humility and then, um, and then having that abundance mindset and like all those things just put you in the right framework. Yeah. Then when things happen, like you're, you're already, you have magnanimity. I always tell my team, like we, we start the day with gratitude. Yes. We don't start the day like, that. let's see what we can get out of this day. Yeah. Um, let's let, you know, gosh, life is hard. It sucks. No, we start the day. Like we are so lucky to be here. We're yeah. so lucky to be at this company. We're so lucky to be alive. Um, and then the last one is, um, my theme for the year is how will my, how will my business serve my family? Oh, I love this. And when you start a business, uh, at least for me, I, I had to be like a little, uh, I don't know, it's like I had to kind of be a little bit not great to my family for a little while. I had to make this. You had to grind through. And this business, I had to like get it going. Yeah. And it's like so, it's so hard to do. So you're just like, you're, like, you're just like, ah, yeah. I know I'm not the best. I'll, I'll get there. And you're telling them, you know, all my kids know, like they actually know that. Oh, when she hires, Billy, they all say when she hires Billy, she'll have more time. Yeah. Like, you know, they know the, they know the goals. Um, they, they, they sacrifice with you. There's no yeah. way around it. Then at some point you get off the ground, you've got to say, and then from there on, you got to say every six months, every year, whatever you do, yep. how is this serving my family? How is this serving my marriage? How is this serving my kids? And you got to ask it and you got to think that maybe you don't have the answer right. And you got to keep asking it because the easiest thing is inertia and believing that you're doing something right. And you're just like, I'm doing it right. And then you wake up and you're like, my, priori my priorities are off. My, my marriage stinks. My, my family life is crappy. Like that didn't just happen. No, um, it happened over time. So you have to take responsibility. Um, business ownership is like the greatest responsibility. There's no excuse. There's just no That's excuse. Awesome. And if you have excuse, like if, if everyone's doing you wrong, go work. You're an employee. Yep. yep. You're not a business owner. I love it. Oh my gosh. There were so many good nuggets that dropped <laughs> there. I love it. I wish we could do another hour for this. Um, no, I appreciate, I appreciate all that you just had to say about that because I think having that true transparency and owning it and realizing there's a time to grind. And I applaud you because what I see most people do is, oh, well, honey, next year, like, yeah. we'll be in a better spot, right? Yeah. And you're actually following through and putting things in place to give you, make sure your business is serving your family. And I love that. Um, you've been super coachable in the last year. I really enjoyed getting to know Aaron. I think you've got a great leadership team. Um, so, and it's just so, so amazing to see what you've done in such a short time and where you're going for it and just the advocate you are for the industry and continuing to professionalize it. So, well, don't, 
I'm not perfect. I'm working really hard. I know. None and of that, us are. That serving my family came out of losses, came yeah. out of me realizing like I've, I've gotten a little off track yeah. and like pulling myself back on. So yeah. I, I say it from a place of like, I, oh, I feel I it. it. I'm, I'm working on it all I the know. time. We all are. Trust me. So, <laughs> well, Lauren, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking some time. I know today's been crazy here at Expo with everything going on, but thanks for taking time to do well, this. Well, I want to thank you because you were a real, I mean, I think of it like, um, oh gosh, you're like a lighthouse. Yeah. Like I, I really was, I was kind of operating like yep. my feelings and like, I kind of am doing this. And then, um, your partnership was, you, you were very encouraging, but you were very honest. You were very firm. You were like, we got to look at this real. We yeah. got to, you know, like, and so you had a good balance. You create a lot of accountability for me. Good. Again, firm, kind, yeah. firm, like Lauren, you need to do this before the next time we meet. Um, business owners, you don't, you, you do a lot of that. You don't have someone always saying that to you and I needed right. that. And, um, so thank you for your partnership. I feel Absolutely. like you were a key to, you know, how, how our trajectory, you yep. were, you were really important. Well, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Thank you for all that. So yeah. it's been fun and have a great rest expo. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Paynet podcasts are produced by the painting contractors association and are made possible by members and industry partners to find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.